Joe guys and welcome to episode 10 of the Hoops and Hattricks podcast. Obviously Oscar here, how you doing man? I'm not too bad man. 10 episodes in you know, whole 10, half of it is been about sports you know. So See, I, I the know. fact that we're here, yeah. it's good, big double digits. Yeah so obviously as it's episode 10, we want to do something a little bit special, a little bit different. So we got Chakudi, our friend and half of the Hoop Streams podcast on uh, for this episode. How you doing man? I'm um, doing good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad, you know. It's good to have you on. Like, I'm going to give the guy some context. Obviously, me, we all went to the same school. Chikudi's one of the OGs, you know, in a <laughs> basketball game. Watching it way before me and Fasika were, if yep. being honest. But, um, yeah, he's here now. And make sure you check out the Hoop Dreams podcast. It's one of the best basketball podcasts on around right now. But yeah, man, he's, he's an OG, he's one of us, he's part of the Mandem, part of the GC, so we thought let's run it up for episode, episode 10. Hey, that was a pretty good introduction, you know. Yeah, Appreciate you that. deserve it, man. I wouldn't <laughs> do that for anyone, man. But yeah, no, you deserve that. Yeah, so obviously, Chikudi is one that knows his basketball, knows his football, so he's pretty he's pretty much the perfect guest on this podcast, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, UFC too. We, UFC we could go well. anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> so obviously, we're going to start off... Um, last week we started off with episode one and two of the Last Dance documentary. Mm-hmm. Obviously, me and Oscar spoke about that. So since then, episode three and four have come out. So, Chikudi, since you're the guest, I, I want to get your thoughts on on episode three and four, and just like what you what you thought about it. Um. Well, it was mo- mostly focused on Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the one takeaway that I saw from it was how even though Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson, those guys are such good winners, they were able to allow Dennis Robin to be who he was. Like, they accepted that he's a bit different. They accepted that he's he's going to be, you know, wild and he's going to get technicals and he's going to get ejected sometimes, all that stuff. And the fact that they allowed him to take a break in the middle of the season is, like, crazy to me. It's really, really wild. It's... It's so true. Like, who else can take a holiday of half of the season, 48 hours, go to Paris and start living it up? And <laughs> even Jordan said it. Jordan's like, this guy's not going to come back in 48 hours. How long was it? Did, did he end up going for like, I just remember the tick of it. It kept going After 80 something hours, it just it just stopped. Yeah. Bad. But um, yeah, nah, uh, those episodes were great. Um, just understanding Dennis Rodman and what I loved, my take I'd say is because obviously he was on the Bad Boy Pistons team before that, that was destroying the Chicago Bulls. Mm. Like, um, and he was bullying Scottie Pippen in those series. And then to now have him as a teammate, it's crazy. I mean, you, you, we we kind of knew, you know, Dennis Rodman, like we heard about him, oh, this guy was crazy. You know, he has the, he has the crazy hair. And things like that, but it's just it's seeing it differently, seeing it, you know, in a film like that, you know, with the film, and it just kind of puts it into a different perspective. But you know, it, I'm happy that it also shows like how much of a hard worker this guy was, and like how much MJ mm-hmm. and Pippin and your know, Phil Jackson respected him. Like they were like, you know what, he he he's a crazy guy. He does some weird things, but we know he, the guy works hard. When he's on the court, he gives a hundred percent, and I thought that that was a that was an important part. Um, to show off Rodman, not just you know the the crazy side of him. A hundred percent. Nah, it's good that um and because it is good that they showed that because again, uh, the crazy side, the piercings, the coloured hair, it always gets um like main stage. But his mm. actual ability and his hard workingness is um 
it, it's, it's good that he showed, especially because when Pippen was out, um, Scott, he was, you could tell he, he loved it because Jordan needed him. Yeah. And obviously yeah. with Pip coming back, he didn't need him as much. So that's when you could see the, the, the level of his game started to drop a bit. But I'd say Dennis Rodman maybe understand the art of rebounding. Like, oh, even though yeah. he, was, he was explaining yeah, yeah, it. Um, saying, oh, if Jordan's pulling up from this angle, I'm going to be here. I need to box out this way. And just, yeah, the effort, man. you got to love D. Rodman. That's a guy who's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, or something like that. Like, he's undersized. He's going up against seven-footers. He's just out-battling them. Impressive. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And for him to lead the league in rebounding seven years in a row. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't think yeah. that's ever been done in history. Maybe Chamberlain done it. I don't know, but if if Wilt didn't do it, then Rodman's for sure the only the only player mm-hmm. to have. Yeah, it would, Chamberlain wouldn't have done it because he was playing, you know, in the same era as Russell. So, yeah. for someone who's six seven six eight to do that, it's just crazy. It's ridiculous. But um, I'm pretty sure Drummond will break that record. <laughs> oh, will yeah. break that record. <laughs> Goodness me, that's that pedal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a dirty rebounder. <laughs> Um, but yeah, nah, uh, but yeah, Rodman's is something else, and the whole series, I love it, man. I'm, I'm just always itching for the next episode, and I'm, I'm kind of happy they're releasing it in episode like twos per per week, so it gives us a little bit yeah. more. But I'm really itching for episode five and six. So I think that's coming out on on Monday, mm-hmm. Evan. Yeah. Obviously, episode four was focused more on Phil Jackson and you know the type of coach he was, and just he was just a different coach. Just, just a different yeah. mindset. And I was speaking to Oscar about this a few days ago. Like, he just reminds me of Arsene Wenger. Like, just, you know, the type of person he is, the type of, you know, serenity that he has. And he's a calm person, you know, and he, he brought something different to the league. And, you know, nobody really has um, succeeded Jackson in his type of coaching and bringing, you know, the Native American culture and the Western philosophies and things like that. So it just showed, you know, how how special he is and how important he was. And because I've seen some people, some dumb people on Twitter saying, "Oh, he coached MJ and Pippen, he coached Kobe and Shaq." I mean, let, let's know, see, man. let's see what he does with with <sighs> lower players. I'm just like, oh, shut up, man. Like, oh my days. Twitter, man. Twitter will always talk. Twitter will always talk. But um, yeah, even what you're saying, yeah, his philosophy is crazy. And like, especially the whole um the triangle offense thing that they're talking about. It was just interesting to watch, like how. It it took it took they've definitely took the team a while to adjust to it because they had gone from give the ball to Jordan to now yeah. anyone gets a look whoever gets yeah. the best look takes the shot so um, it just shows um, how basketball evolves and I'd say also making Scottie Pippen the point forward as well was just just genius so yeah and it was crazy to see how underpaid this guy really was like, I think we spoke about it a little bit in the other podcast but. Just again, two million a year. Two that's million. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's wild. Like you get like draft. Is, 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 isn't that like G League guys? That's, that's what they're on. That's kind of, that's kind of what they're on. I mean, yeah, like, and just shows like how unlucky he was because that's exactly when the league just started to boom and go yeah. global, mm. and then he was stuck on two million a year for like six or seven years. He's agent. Got to go for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my days. It's yeah, poor. agent did him dirty. Oh my! Imagine <laughs> being on two million a year. You're like you're one of the best players in the league. How does that even correlate? And of course, if you're the Bulls, you want to respect him. Obviously, it's like it's like kind of like how we're gonna speak about Draymond Green later. But kind of how 
the Warriors respect to Draymond Green, but man, I can understand why the Bulls wouldn't want to pay him. It's like we've got you here on a yeah. contract, and we're only paying you two million. Why are we gonna increase it? But um, yeah, nah. And then I don't blame him for taking the surgery and have it, uh, like in the in the way of the season. You're paying me two million, yeah, bro. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't blame. Him. I don't blame him at all. But like something that like I forgot to speak about in the last episode, but just the perception of Jerry Krause. And I, I kind of feel sorry about that, but I kind of feel sorry for him. Just, just, you're on your, you're on your just, ones. Just, just I don't a little bit. One ounce of sorrow. <laughs> but, do you know you're why? You're on your ones. Because, on. you know, everyone blamed him, obviously. And, you know, he does deserve blame. Like, he does deserve blame for, you know, breaking up the balls. But we're mm. acting like he was the owner. There was somebody above him in Jerry Reinsdorf who could have stopped all this. He could have told Kraus, no, we're keeping this. He's the owner. He essentially... You could have, you could have just fired him. Yeah, exactly. You could have just fired him. You yeah. could have said... You could have put your foot down say, no... We're keeping, we keep, we're keeping them for beyond this year. We're keeping Phil beyond this year, but he didn't say anything. And because he's still, you know, he's still alive, so he can, so he can, you know, put forward the side. And Kraus can't, you know what I mean? Mm. Not even that. Yeah. I think for like, instead of you know, even saying he's he's definitely staying, just no comment. Is Phil coming back? Oh, we yeah. don't know yet. We we'll have to. The fact that he came mm. out and said, "I don't care if we win eighty-two games, he's gone." It's yeah, made it, yeah. It made it a bit toxic around our organization. 100%. Uh, yeah, I echo exactly what Chikudi said. He could have just kept quiet and, you know, um, just, yeah, done a whole no comment thing. We all know how the NBA's media, media trained anyway, so yeah, it, it wouldn't have been a surprise if he kept quiet. But, yeah, the fact that he said it before the season, hence the name The Last Dance, and saying no matter what you do, you're gone. So uh, I will... Um, I will give him a little bit of blame, but I'm, since he unfortunately did pass away, I'm not going to go too hard on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm hope, hopefully Oscar. I mean, you're a bit of a savage, so <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't blame you. But you know what? You know, nah, in episode two, you know, at the end where we felt where we where we heard that you know Scopey when he started to when he started to lose control and he just started to berate him on the bus and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping because they didn't go into detail about what the stuff he some of the stuff he said. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping. Are we gonna find out? Are we gonna find out no. what some of the stuff he was saying? I hope we no. do. But I, I mean, it's like the Pippin section of the series is gone. It's and we gone. Move on. Yeah, I think maybe because he's because he passed away, they didn't really want to, you know, put yeah. that stuff in because they said it, look, it looked like oh, it must have been a bit much, you know. It must have been it was the way everyone was getting on to him, but I feel like there's certain stuff he just stays in the locker room, just yeah, stays yeah, in, true, in, yeah. the, in the coach. So I think there's just one of those where they might just want to keep the one in house, but um, I can't imagine it, it. It was the comments were that bearable by by Pippin, and yeah. understandably so also. Because like you know, it's it's not gonna be things like oh he's short, he's fat, like stuff like that. Because we we saw you know MJ say that sort of thing, just you know, mm-hmm. just as a joke. So I just I, I'm just trying to wonder what some of the stuff that this guy was saying on the bus. But it must be personal. Oh, real personal. Yep. Yeah. And you know, obviously we we with the series we've seen you know the the comeuppance again of the LeBron Jordan debate, seen it on Undisputed. Mm-hmm. First take, first thing. So all of them shows. Like I want to know, like both of you, um, what, what do you think? The debate? Do you think it's a you know a great debate to have, or do you think it's just like it's so played out? Like what do you think? I let you go first. Um, I'll say this: Yeah, you can't go five minutes of scrolling on Twitter without seeing <laughs> a LeBron account or Jordan account mm. or any. If you have a profile picture of LeBron or Jordan, they're arguing it. Yeah, even if it's 
it could be something on like Bleach Report that has nothing to do with them. You, all you take is one guy to comment it, and <laughs> the debate started. It's, it's it just comes out. It's just annoying. I've seen enough of it. It's just there's always a counter for one thing. Depend depending on what group, what, what fan base starts it, there's always mm-hmm. a counter. So, um, it's it's a it's a debate that's been around for years. It's I mean you can't do anything about it. They can't play each other or anything like that. But they all, mm-hmm. everyone's gonna have their opinions on who's the best. But I'm just sick and tired of seeing it. To be honest. I I agree. I agree. Um, it's it's the same with me. It's kind of like the Messi Ronaldo thing. It's yeah. just dry. It's oh, just. I, 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 I don't know was which was worse. Well. Which which was worse? Ooh, I think Messi, Messi and Ronaldo. Messi and Ronaldo uh, bad. Yeah, Messi and Ronaldo's mm. awful. I, mean, I would say Jordan <laughs> LeBron because they they haven't played each other, so there's just so many more hypotheticals. That's a fair point. But, no, but, yeah. carry, but carry on though. No, that's a fair point actually. But I feel like I don't know. I, I feel like Messi and Ronaldo. This is good. Okay, I don't even want to bring up the debate, but I feel like that one's a bit more. You can kind of like we all know he's the better baller, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, but with Jordan, especially because they play different eras of basketball, mm. that's where the problem is. And um, again, and then there was Kobe in between Jordan, and uh, so it's it's so it's a complex debate because you even get guys that throw Kobe in the mix, and yeah. God bless his soul, we we can't even disrespect him. He, yeah. he, he could you could you could argue it for sure. Um, but yeah, now I am sick of it. The media. But I feel like I'm gonna let the media off because right now there's nothing for them to report about. I mean, yeah, yeah they they, they have to do it. Like, but it's just undisputed. Run it at least. Yeah. Oh, four my. times a week. Oh, huh. at least. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> but like, do you know the the worst part? The worst thing about it for me is that it, it's like there's no really new information when they do the debates. It's the same old narratives, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, uh, Jordan. You know, six rings. You know, he's got that killer mentality. Uh, but then you know LeBron, you know he's you know the better all round player, but mm. you know he he's you know he's not clutch. He he three runs and six in the finals, three and whatever, six in the whatever. finals, runs away for the three throw line. Like it's just the same old same <laughs> old. Like I have, I'm telling you guys, I haven't watched undisputed in like two months. I'm telling you, like and I, you, I can't you, bear. You were it, the bro. undisputed guy. I, I was out the of, guy out of mm. all of us lot that watched. Yeah, it was you, man. Wait, because yeah, Skip. I the reason why I couldn't watch you as much as you because Skip just gets on my nerves. Skip, man. I, I don't know who George Wall is, but anyway. George. <laughs> Andy, Andy well, his props. He's a dedicated troll, honestly. <laughs> he he spent years on this. Number two, bro. Who's number two? <laughs> they anyway. just switched up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he left, he switched up. But, um, uh, yeah, nah, that debate is dry. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'll Especially... say for, it for one, sorry, for, for one thing, it's like, one thing that I'm seeing more of now is like, mm. the LeBron couldn't play in Jordan's era. And the vice versa thing. Mm. Yeah, it's like people call Jordan like he's like a DeRozan, like a bold DeRozan or something. What? Like, oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> that's the most. That's the most disgusting insult I've ever heard in my life. Bold the DeRozan. DeRozan. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> now these guys are uh, clever because LeBron has dusted DeRozan his whole career in the playoffs. Yeah, that's why they picked DeRozan. Mm. Yeah, they're smart. They're smart, but yeah, <laughs> what? But it's just. I mean, they they both would excel. In each other's era, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, and also while we're on the Jordan thing, I kind of wanted to mention him and of human it. It kind of replied. Oh, I'm talking about the original it, not the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to make that clear. But um, it kind of replied to the whole. I I can understand why Jordan wouldn't like the bad boy Pistons. Um, but uh, Fasika brought up a, a question in our group chat saying, um. 
who would win the current Lakers or the Bad Boy Pistons? Oh, that, that was, that was ah. it was Lemuel. It was Lemuel. Let me give oh, it Lemuel. Let, let me give him oh. some credit. Let me oh, give him some credit. Oh, yeah, it was Lemuel. We have to yeah. give him credit. <laughs> but yeah, nah, I just thought we'll bring that up. And obviously, I have to go to the Lakers just purely because of size. Like, yeah. IT and Joe Dumont were amazing, but they were very undersized. So imagine that against the trees that this Lakers team have. Yeah. So, yeah. Plus, playing in this era, they're not going to. What if it's, yeah, if we are talking about this era, they're not going to be able to do any of the any of the stuff that they were doing. No, in the you can't 90s punch up. You can't punch up LeBron. Mm. No way. Oh yeah, especially LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> and that's who they'll target. You know, you, you remember the tactic they had for Jordan. Every anytime he'll take Jordan flight, was, mm. bam. Jordan was what one one ninety pound, two hundred pound around the time. Exactly, and then he went, a, he, he, he went. He went. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Though LeBron's two sixty pound. Oh. Nah, he's trucking for everyone. <laughs> that's no true, but. It made it made Jordan go put on put on weight and hit the gym. Mm, mm. Imagine you're making the goat change, <laughs> change the way he's playing. Um, but yeah, man, nah, I'll but, go for the Lakers. But like you know, like you guys know Nick Wright in it from first things first. Like mm-hmm. I I watched the yeah yeah Chiku Chiku he's a big fan big fan. <laughs> but like he I, I was I was um, listening to him on the radio yesterday and then you know like people were saying oh. Jordan will average forty in today's NBA and one hundred percent he will. Like Harden, great, you know, all time player. He's averaging what 35, mm-hmm. 36? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure Jordan could average forty. Jordan probably average more than forty with the free throws and if he worked on his three point shot, one hundred percent. But he was just like, oh no, nah, he wouldn't do it. And then like, you know how much how much of a LeBron stand he is. I mean, like, do you guys? What, what do you guys think? Do you think Jordan's averaging forty in today's league? 40. Yeah, maybe not forty, uh, but. 37, 38 maybe around mid to high 30s I'd say mm. around there it's just the the, the three point shooting that kind of is my only hope if, if he was cash from three I'd say 100% but and I feel like now the way basketball is played is a little different so it, um, like I feel like I, I would like and don't get me wrong Jordan was athletic and fast but the pace of the game is completely different yeah yeah so yeah. I'd just like to see him I'm not saying he wouldn't handle it, but I'd like to see what he would do in situations where it's literally end to end, end to end, end to end. Like nowadays, to see your point guard to actually bring it up and play the half court is so rare. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, but I reckon, yeah, about 30, 37, 38 points, I'd give Jordan. And, you know, obviously talking about Jordan, you know, he, he was also in the news because someone else was talking about him, uh, Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. And you know he was on you know all the smoke the all the smoke podcast and you know he was he he was chatting chatting all week, and he's talking about you know talking about Jordan KD Barkley, mm-hmm. and um, yeah first of all we'll start off with what he was talking about Barkley I mean we know they've them two have had like a feud for years mm-hmm. yeah. it's a hilarious feud and you know he was saying things like you know he thinks that Barkley's jealous because you know the money he's earning yeah. and um, you know he said that he doesn't think that you know. He, Barkley's had a bigger effect on the game than Draymond has had. So, like, Oscar, starting with you, like, what what do you think about what um, Draymond was saying? Again, um, say what you want about Draymond Green. He's straight to the point. He yeah. doesn't beat around the bush. He's and I watched the whole the whole episode of the podcast and I recommend it. It was actually a good episode. Um, but in terms of what he's saying, yeah, I feel like you can kind of see a certain agenda with Barkley and Draymond. I have to be honest because it's kind of like the whole Sunes and Pogba thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's just an agenda. It's true. And especially, like, with Sunes and Pogba, I can understand. The culture is different. Like, Pogba's 
like a uh, flamboyant black French guy. And Sines is, you know, we all know what Sines is, isn't it? So, yeah. like, to, I can understand why they, they would clash. But Charles Barkley, I thought he's one of our own. Like, he, which is why I feel like it's a little bit worse because he's one of our own and he just seems to be hating on someone else for no apparent reason. I don't know why he doesn't like Dray- Draymond Green. Or maybe he feels like he could do what Draymond's doing. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like Draymond's like his role in the Warriors is very very underrated um, because obviously he plays with two absolutely amazing shooters and then they got KD so like his his role on the on the Warriors is all underrated but yeah uh, you have to give Draymond some some props. And Um Yeah, I agree with Oscar with what he's saying about you know the the hating. Like I said Buckley. Um, I do disagree with Draymond about the. The role per se i mean he's he's a good he's a he's one of the best role players ever dreamer like he's a role player yeah it's to be fair i mean it's would he be this successful if he didn't have steph clay kd on his team no but i think you look at charles barkley who won an mvp got his team to the finals when he's on the sun like he was the number one option teams are game planning for him every night mm-hmm. so it's it's difficult to say and you're going up against michael jordan so he's really yeah. one, I think, that time three or four rings. So um, it's a different environment. It's, it's hard for me to agree with Draymond saying that um, I played or I was more impactful for winning when you were at most times the third best player in your team. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a fair point. Like Draymond, like I respect him. You know, he's a great defender. He's probably going to be a he's he's going to be a Hall of Fame. I mean, he he is. But yeah. um, where, like like Chikudi said, when when you start kind of questioning somebody like Barkley I'm just like just just don't go there like we know you're a great defender and you've been a really really good player for like the last like four or five years but Mm. this guy as you said MVP he who's the best teammate that that Barkley played with I mean he played with I think he played with Dr. J for a year when he first when he was drafted by Philadelphia and Mm. then what in Phoenix um, he was with Kevin Johnson and then Houston he was with uh, Scotty Pippen for like I think it was like just a few months actually. Yeah, mm. same for Akeem as well. Like yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, and you know he went six games with Michael Jordan. If like he's one of the players. Oh, if Michael Jordan wasn't there, he would have a ring. Yeah. And, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm just like he's average twenty two and eleven. Six. He he's 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 the reason why you're kind of allowed to, you know, play this kind of role because he was six four actually. Like yeah. he, was, he was listed at six six, but he was he was six four averaging like 15 rebounds a game mm. so i'm just like when when he starts going off on and i understand what you were saying oscar about you know um charles like he he does you know you could criticize draymond and then like kind of insult draymond like unwarranted mm. on like unwarranted it's unwarranted like but draymond doesn't really say anything at when at the beginning of the feud mm-hmm. but uh if he wasn't on the warriors i mean he he, he would just be another guy I, I, yeah. I, he'll be classed as a very he, good defender he'll be a very so. good he'll be a, I think he'll be a defensive player of the year but he would not be an all-star if he was yeah, on another team I don't think he will be yeah I kind of have to agree but I feel like yeah no it's true it's true I can't really I can't really argue it's true the only reason why I'm a bit hurt is because obviously his playmaking ability and like it's just his yeah, leadership yeah. yeah which I feel like again doesn't really get spoken about a lot um but I do have to agree, like, if, if he was in, like, 
I, I can't think of a team like the I Magic know, Phoenix or the Magic. Oh, oh yeah, or the Hornets, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he wouldn't be an All Star. You you lot are right. And yeah, again, like what he was saying, you know, when he was talking about Jordan, um, when you know, obviously Green, he played, you know, the year without, without mostly without um, Clay and um, Curry, and he had mm-hmm. you know Russell D'Lo for. Um, half a season playing mostly with G League players, averaging another triple single. Um, but you know, I just, I, just, I mean, no disrespect. He was playing, he was playing with G League. I'm not, we can't really expect much from him, I guess, because he was playing with like mostly G League players. Like, mm. um, but you know, he said, "You're on the all, all the smoke podcast." Michael Jordan struggled without Scottie Pippen. You want to come at me? I'm just like, I'm, this is the sort of thing I'm talking about. Like, exactly. don't try and put yourself in the same conversation as Michael Jordan, please. Like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what he's trying to yeah. do man. nah it's true yeah th- that one that one's a bit far-fetched yeah it was a bit <laughs> yeah. far-fetched no very far-fetched um, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's something to do with like the ring culture or something it's just oh. because he has the free rings he has a couple of just, rings he feels yeah. like he's elevated and like, <laughs> he's just weird like, oh, he's, oh he's imagine, right there imagine man if, imagine if Carl Malone had five rings instead of Tim Duncan like there'd be a whole different discussion he's it's just, true just, the rings culture is just really different it's just um, to feel like he so, can feel like he can talk to Buck. Yeah. <sighs> so, Chikuli, let me ask you. Me and Vasika yeah. kind of spoke about this before, but how much do rings pay? Like, how much? How important? Are, obviously, they're important. But how? For example, mm-hmm. like your T Max or your AI. Yeah. It's like yeah. how? Like, how much is ring culture important to? Or do you feel like is it still about ability when you're comparing players in different eras and who's better? Um. I feel like for all time ranking stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's when the championships have to matter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for more stuff like who was better in this era, this better this era, I feel that yeah. that's where you would say more natural ability, uh, stats, stuff like that. But um, some rings hold more weight than others. Like yeah. some people still don't even rate Katie's rings because he won yeah. with Golden State. And people, mm-hmm. and if he wins one in Brooklyn or two in Brooklyn, that's when people really take notice of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'd say that it depends on what you're kind of trying to compare it to. To be honest, that's true. So if if we talk about, for example, like D Wade and Harden, who who are you lot picking, and oh, who's better? D Wade. D Wade. D Wade. Yeah. Mm. I, I, this this one conflicted me because obviously uh it's it, it I brought it up because I saw a post on Twitter and someone said that D Wade isn't top five shooting guards of all time. Isn't so top no, what? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm thinking Okay, if you you got Jordan Cope, that's undeniable. Yeah. Then I'm thinking who AI? Are you putting AI over D Wade? Yeah, I wonder no, I wouldn't, but I thought that's what he did. Who and then was, Harden, nah, I guess. Isn't top five. That's what it's a stretch. Um, it's a but yeah, no, nah, I th- I think I would pick D Wade, but it's difficult because again, look at who Harden's playing with, and now he's got Russ, but mm. who he's been doing it with. But then again, he has the ball twenty four seven, so I'm pretty sure if you if you gave D Wade, but again, D Wade, D Wade won without LeBron. Yeah. Ah, no, yeah, I'm going, I'm going D Wade, I'm going D Wade, <laughs> I'm going D Wade, <laughs> D-Wade. Right, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, you you are right. Like that 2006 championship run, I mean that's like people. A lot of people say that's one of the mm-hmm. you know greatest greatest uh, you know championship runs that there's that has been. 
I mean, like, mm-hmm. we kind of forget about how great he was, like, before before LeBron came. Because, I mean, it was mm-hmm. obviously a little bit, you know, before our time. Um, but, um, yeah, he was still great. True. Yeah, it's very true. So, going on to our next... What's our next topic? Um... Uh, the football. Yes. So now we are going to do our top five lists of best bargains in football. Um, so this is a tough one because it's world football and uh, it's up to the person in like interpretation into what they consider a bargain. Yeah. Because, for example, you could make a case for Real Madrid paying eight million for Ronaldo to bargain. You could make a case you could. for it. You if, could, exactly, if, yeah. Depending on how you want to look at it. Um, so since he's our special guest for episode ten, Chiquidi, can we get your number right. five? Uh, number five, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go Michael Ballack to Chelsea from, from Bayern Munich. This guy took um, my pick. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, go on. I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, so back in 2006, he was in Bayern. You know, he was banging in goals for Bayern Munich and stuff like that. Um, I believe at the time he had interest from Real Madrid as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chelsea had just come off winning back-to-back Premier Leagues, and um, yeah, he wanted uh, to win the Champions League. So um, he decided, you know, let me go over to Chelsea. Um, I, the reason why I put him five just because you compare his kind of stats and stuff that he did when he was in Germany, even in the World Cup, and when he was at Bayern, it kind of just um, went down a little bit. I think that's mm-hmm. somewhat because of Lampard. Now yeah. he's playing Lampard. He's playing with another attacking tool like that, but. Even when he was still there, you know, he won Premier League, two FA Cups mm. and League Cup. So, get him number five. That's, that's a great pick. Uh, yeah, we have the same number five. Um, <laughs> yeah, exact same number five. And again, I was going to say the same thing. You literally echo everything you said. Like, um, the, Obviously, the stats on when Lampard's in the team, like, you're not going to score as many yeah. goals. I mean, mm-hmm. That's just Lampard's role. But to get, like, a player of Michael Ballett's quality for free... Is an amazing, amazing transfer. Like his just his ability on the pitch. Like um, complete midfielder had the football brain, quite good size, good feet, no vision. Um, yeah, nah, man. Uh, and he can still score the odd goal. Mm. Yeah, Michael Bayek, my number five. Yeah, so that's someone I didn't have. Uh, it's a great pick, and uh, my number five is Angelo Kante to Leicester for what was it 5.6 million and obviously that's a that's a bargain in hindsight not at the time because we mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who really knew Kante when he came to Leicester but obviously yeah. took the league by storm was was there for one season just just won the prem that's all um mm-hmm. and, yeah just casually and then you're just you know <laughs> because of the resale value as well like they sold it for 32 which you could you could argue that's a bargain in itself 32 million mm-hmm. and you know coming to Chelsea win the premier league um again you know, solidifying himself as one of the best midfielders, um, not only in the Premier League, but in the world, and kind of just coming out of, you know, obscurity, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the, the way he did, is, like, just what, like, one of, like, the great, you know, rises in football, so, you know, he had, he had to be in there for me. I do love Kante, man. One of the most humble guys ever. Like, oh, yeah. Guys running their Mini Cooper and he's a Premier League baller. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But uh, one thing that killed me about Kante is the time he was playing. He went to someone. He went to a fan's house. He was playing FIFA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And even Kante rage quit on FIFA. It shows oh, how bad the game is. I remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, imagine your game is so bad. You're making it in God or Kante. <laughs> Put the controller down. And he was smiling for for a Oh yeah, he was smiling. Always smiling, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, do you want to go next with your number four? Number f- 
at number four. Ah, all right, all right, number four. I'm gonna go Vincent Company from Hamburg to Man City, five yeah. mil. Mm-hmm. Um, when this is in 2008, so when he originally got signed, he was a defense midfielder. Uh, the Mark Hughes days, Man City. Oh God. my days! This Mark is when <laughs> this is when they like originally the owners had just come in. So I believe mm-hmm. they signed Rubinho in the same transfer window. So it yeah. was kind of company's signing was kind of overshadowed. Um, he had played for Belgium a couple times as well uh, back then. So obviously we saw what he turned into after just a couple of years. They got Mancini. Ended up winning the uh, Premier League. He was Premier League captain, mm. um, and he was kind of, he, I guess you kind of say he changed the culture. I see uh, over the years they start to get Aguero, Silva. Those guys have been there for a long. Time. Arturi, those guys have been there for a long time, um, and yeah, he turned into one of the best centre backs. He ended up winning four Premier Leagues, uh, two FA Cups, and four League Cups. So for five that, mil, that's a pretty good that's bargain. Cra- that's a bargain. I'd say yeah, he's. <sighs> I can't really put him on Terry Ferdinand level. Yeah. But he's one he's one of the better centre backs in the modern era of the Prem. Yeah. Him um, at his peak was, was Yeah, him at his peak was something else. Around especially like twenty twenty thirteen. Yeah, he he had the pace as well. Mm. And he could defend. Um yeah, that that's a great pick. And I'm gonna pick another Man City player. He was signed at the same year, two thousand eight. Okay. It's Pablo Zavaleta for ah, six point four million from Espanol. Um I'd say again, fullbacks in the Premier League have not been like apart from your standout fullbacks in the Prem. I think it's Ashley Cole, and maybe Neville. But you know, I feel like Zabalet has he definitely has. Okay, no Ivanovic. I'll give Ivanovic and Evra. I give those guys credit too. But um, I feel like Zabalet's name is in that mix. Like again, he during that um the early era of Man City. Um, Mancini and uh, Pellegrini days. It was one of the best, right, the best right back in the league at that time, um, and they stole him for six million from Espanol. Um, yeah, now nah, he was, yeah, he was a good signing. So I thought I'd give him a little pick. Yeah, and uh, I, I have I actually have another Premier League fullback or mm-hmm. uh, number four, and that's someone you just mentioned. That's Branislav Ivanovic. Okay, you know, from okay. um, I think Dynamo Moscow or something like that to Chelsea, like nine million pounds they spent for him. It's still you know, a decent amount of money, but considering the career he had, you know, the longevity that he had at Chelsea, you know, winning you know multiple Premier Leagues, winning the Champions League, and for around two three years he was for me the best right back in the Premier League. Mm. He was like he just had everything that you wanted, and like he just he was a great defender as well. Just he was just a great defender, and you know he scored goals. And you know he just it was he's he was everything you wanted the fullback, and um, he I think he probably goes down as a as a Chelsea legend. Would you think? We got we actually uh, have a Chelsea fan in the exactly, court. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say for for that time where he was playing, I think it was a very successful period for the team. So I put him in there. Yeah, so yeah, he's got to mm-hmm. be my number four pick. That's good. Number three. I was I was number three. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. I'm not trying to place this. All right, I'm gonna go Robert Lewandowski to buy yeah, Munich for, for free, free transfer. One yeah. of the worst things I've ever seen of the football club be <laughs> <in my life. laughs> um, oh, man. So I had to look back and research some of this because I just forgot mm-hmm. some of it. Um, so he already said he wasn't gonna sign a new deal with Dortmund yep. with a year left. 
So yeah. this is incentive to just sell him. But um, yeah, Dortmund they had just sold Mario Götze to Bayern, so um, mm-hmm. they didn't want to deal with Bayern Munich anymore. So they let the they let the year run out. They were stubborn. They should have got at least even if it's like ten mil. From, even a fifteen mil or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get something. From. <laughs> Obviously, he's one of the best trackers of his generation. So mm-hmm. we seen he went on to win five league titles in the every year he's played for Bayern. He's won the league title. And, and even That's... his last, even when the season got suspended, they were top. So, it well as well could have been six. Yeah. And two German cups as well. So, it was horrible for Dortmund, but great for Bayern. That that guy's a beast, by the way, Lewandowski. And again, yeah. the the German culture is different. Like, how can they lose Hummels, Goethe? <laughs> Who else did they lose? Lewandowski. Jesus Christ. They, they, uh... they, they just deal with each other. Italy is the yeah. same thing. Those clubs, Germany and Italy, they deal with each other so much. Yeah. Like, Didn't they try and get Royce as well? But I'm pretty sure they I'm pretty why not? Must I'm pretty have, sure yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. must have. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they must have. So um yeah, nah. Um that is horrible business by by Bayern Munich. But then it allowed also Abamyang to become world class. So yeah. see Abamyang was on the left when Lewandowski was there and then Lewandowski leaving and yeah, they, they, them, at one point it was just them two that were scoring all the goals. Dortmund scored Aubameyang, Bayern scored Lewandowski and it was great to see them compete against each other for the uh, top goal scorer. But yeah, no, that, that's a good pick. It's me now, isn't it? Uh, number yeah. three, yeah. I'm going to go with Colo Torre to Arsenal. Ah, okay. We signed him for 150k. 150k <laughs> and he's an invincible. Um, actually, he's actually a two-time invincible because even at Celtic, yeah. Scott, he did. Oh, yeah. yeah he, anyone, anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Scott, that's, that's <laughs> no respect. <laughs> um, but he even had a child at Arsenal before we, um, oh, yeah. before we signed him. And yeah, he he went and wiped out Dennis Bergkamp. Then he went and wiped out Omri. <laughs> and then to make it worse, he went and wiped out Arsene Wenger. Wow. And Wenger's like, you know what? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still gonna sign, <laughs> and we signed it for hundred, hundred, hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Like, imagine some trialers coming in and just injuring two star strikers. Yeah, just oh clotting everyone, wow. manager everyone. Um, hundred fifty k. Like, if you think about it, like, Özil could buy him uh, how many times? Or hundred fifty k. So yeah, I feel like that's a great bargain. Um, and obviously he's gone on to have a successful career. Obviously, he's kind of been around the block, but um, yeah, my colloquy for 150k. That's that's a it's a good bargain. Yeah, and just you know, a great guy as well because obviously he played for Liverpool mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and I, I think all Liverpool fans absolutely loved him. You know, mm-hmm. just he was just he was just a great guy, a happy guy, like Kante, a happy guy. You know, no negativity. You know, I just like he's one of the players. You know, when you have you know certain like cult figures at your club. No, mm. not exactly you know the greatest player had didn't have the best career but you yeah. just you just love them while they while they're at the club for me Colo Torre mm-hmm. is definitely one of them for Liverpool and uh, yeah so uh, number three for me uh, is also it was number three for Chukudi and that's Lewandowski to Bayern for mm. free and you know Chukudi said everything uh, about what Lewandowski's um, achieved at Bayern and just a quick stat, apart from his, um, aside from his um, debut season at Bayern Munich and this current season, which has been suspended, he's bagged mm. over 40 goals in all comps every single year. He That's was ridiculous. He was on 39 goals in all comps this year 
before he got suspended. Mm, he would have definitely got. Oh my, he's yeah, he yeah, he he would have he probably would have got. I don't know how many games was left in the Bundesliga. Like, yes, nine, nine, yeah, yeah. He, he would have got around forty-seven or some forty-six all comps, and um, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's the best number nine in the world. I mean, I don't think it's much of a conversation right nah, now. I, I best number to, nine. Uh, I mean, who, I, like pure okay, number, like a pure number nine, pure number nine. I'd say, I'd say he's number one. Yeah. You know, you, you know think, me. You I, like, I like to be stubborn in it. Do you know what it is? Okay, so a second, like a couple of years ago, it was Suarez, but Suarez has dropped. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I have to put some respect on. What What would you not class Mbappe as? Because if Mbappe's a striker, he's better than him. And then Aguero's a debate for me. Uh, I would have Lewandowski over Aguero ever so slightly. Mbappe, mm-hmm, yeah. I don't. He obviously plays striker, but I don't see him as a pure striker like, like Lewandowski. So he's not a pure nine. I, I would call him like a like a forward, not really, okay, a, cool. not a pure striker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. Then in that case, then yeah, I'd say he's the best without a doubt. Yeah. Then in that case, yeah, yeah, yeah in that no. case, yeah. You know me. I have to I have to be specific, <laughs> innit? Yeah, so um yeah, that's number three. So Chikudi, you're number two. <clears throat> Alright, number two. I'ma go with this guy annoyed me for many years. Edwin van der Sar. Oh um, yeah. Oh, uh, great to Man United. Two million pounds. That's crazy. Um I think United wanted to sign him in ninety nine when uh Piers Michael left. He ended up going to mm. UV. Then he went to Fulham for a couple years. And then at 34, which I mean, nobody really expected him to be as good as he was. And um, yeah, end up signing for United. This guy was, he used to ask, I thought like there was like a two year period where he didn't concede. It just felt he saved yeah. every shot. Yeah. yeah, that guy was so annoying. Him, Vidic, Ferdinand, that, that, oh, <laughs> that, 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 that legendary man. It was a legendary. Was just, it was a yeah, it, it was it. legendary. It was annoying though. Still just seeing that. Yeah, yeah, that's when um, Man United was obnoxious to deal with. Uh, it just reminds me of like us not growing up. Like we we all had it. We, who was an annoying Man United in our school? Actually, are mm, oh, we mentioning names? De- I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Dele. It's up to you, look. Dele, uh, Femi. Boy, the the list the list yeah. goes on. But um, not I'm not saying we don't like these guys. But you know, just because their club was so good, they could just come into school and. Or hold their head high and just tell us about <laughs> ourselves. Um, but uh, yeah, now that era of Manchester United football is just so frustrating. Like, that, what annoyed me is the added time goals, bro. Fergie, oh, like, man. Oh. Hey, Fergie, man. The ref was four sh- minutes. Some shifty stuff. <laughs> Please tell me it's six minutes and the game's still going on and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand shifty. it. I didn't get the goal. But yeah, now. Um, <laughs> Van der Sar is a great pick, and the fact that they got it for two million is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, going on to my number two, uh, this is where I have Paulo Di Canio. Okay. West Ham got him for one and a half million pounds um, from Sheffield Wednesday, actually, and we all know what Paulo Di Canio means to that team. Um, yeah, an absolute baller. Again, it was a little before our time, but Obviously, just being a fan of sports and a fan of the Premier League, you're you're, you're gonna know about Paulo Di Canio. See that famous scissor kick goal that he uh, scored. Yeah. But yeah, the, um, for one point seven million to get such a legend, 
it's it's a great bargain. Yeah, he's he's one of those weird players who had so much talent, but they never like they never played for a team that was that matched elite. their technical talent. Yeah, and that yeah. was elite. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those one of those weird players. Um, but that's a great pick. Um, but my my number two is uh, Andre Perlo to Juventus for for, mm. for free. I mean for nothing. For nothing. Mm. I mean. He spent, what, I think it was around nine or ten years at AC Milan. And um, when he did leave, it was looking like, oh, you know, it's, he's probably past his prime now. Um, I, I, saw, I, I was so surprised when he went to Juventus. I'm sure a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. Evan, Milan midfield was so cold. By oh, then. it was. It was Gattuso, Kaka. Oh, my ooh. goodness. Is that Sidoff? Is that that team? Sidoff, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, my days. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty. So, when he did go to Juventus and he was... Their best player, arguably their best player, um, won four league titles in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won Serie A best footballer three years in a row when he was in his mid thirties. I mean, it was just like a, it was just a it was a renaissance period for for Perlo, and he demonstrated, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of you know the the newer generation of football coming in that you know he was still that guy and he was you know one of the best technicians that the game's ever seen. Um, so yeah, he's he's retired now. One of the best mm. Italian players of all time. People might say is the best, you know, mm. definitely in the top two, top three. So yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to put him in there at number two. It's a great pick. I'm happy you mentioned him because, like, I feel like if you say Regista, the yeah. only player that comes to your mind is Pirlo. Mm. The guy di- dictating games at thirty plus, literally, just. For someone that's so unathletic, you cannot yeah, press him. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take the ball off my man. It used to annoy me so much. And uh, the one thing about Pirlo I'll never forget, I'm sure you you guys were watching this, is um, in the World Cup when he hit the bar from the free kick against us, against England. Yeah. Mm. Bro, I just remember just seeing Joe Hart just looking at the ball. And that's when like I really <laughs> followed Pirlo and... Even at Juventus playing with Pogba and Vidal, it's another great midfield. Oof. But yeah, yeah no, Pirlo, no Pirlo, no party. That that saying still yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, is it Mago? Uh, Chikudi. Number one now, Number isn't it? One, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so obviously Chelsea fan and all that. So oh, um, I might have to go Ashley Cole. Chelsea. Hey. <laughs> man, man brought this agenda. Man brought this agenda. Anyway, you talking five then. million pounds and number ten William Gallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're doing this on Oscar's podcast as well. Oh, no respect, man. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I th- he originally wanted to leave uh, Arsenal. Arsenal were paying him enough wages as as he expected, stuff like that. And um, again, I had to read back on this because a lot of stuff that I forgot about. Yeah. And um, I remember he he went to a meeting with his agent and Jose and one of the Chelsea executives. Um, the agent ended up getting suspended because they thought it was kind of like tampering in a way. Um, so I remember Arsenal won, Arsenal wanted twenty five million for him, and Chelsea was saying Oof. we're not giving any more than like sixteen or sixteen and a half. I think Arsenal just like I don't know what happened to them. They must have just folded <laughs> under the pressure or something. Deadline day, they just five mil plus Gallas. Oh my! And obviously we saw what Ashley Cole turned into. You know, best left back in the league, one of the best in the world at the time. Premier League winner, four time FA Cup. I think he's got. I think he's won the most FA Cups. He's won seven in his career. I think. And League Cup, Champions League, Europa League, best left back Premier League girl. 
Sorry, I said. <laughs> oh, wow, man. My to remind me about Cashley Cole. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I rate, I rate the guy. He's definitely the best left back in, in the Premier League. And arguably, I'd say after Roberto Carlos, he's the next great left back I can think of. But I don't yeah. like the guy. I'm not going to lie. But fair enough. You can argue he, he left to win, yeah? But when he left, we were an amazing side. We just came, we, we just lost the Champions League final. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah. That, anyway, um, you had Clichy back then, so it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, Clichy, oh yeah, <laughs> he left as well, didn't he? Ah oh, man, yeah. And nah. I see Ashley Cole. Yeah. yeah, I have no time for that guy. I'm sorry, man. No time for him. Like you, you know when you're, I'm thinking about the Invincibles, and I go one to eleven, yeah. and I get to left back and skip I just, out. Just, just, oh. just skip. <laughs> I, I got. I get to the left side. I just go to Pirates, you know what I'm saying? Like that. Uh, whoever played behind Pirates, that guy, I just forget about him. But <laughs> now it is a good pick, and it shouldn't be a good pick because we were stupid enough to accept William Gallatin five million for the best back in the world, which is ridiculous. And um, yeah, Ashikov's ability doesn't get spoken about enough. His offensive and defensive ability, perfect left back. Yeah. So it is a good pick, although. It did grind my gears a little bit. And going on to my pick, finally we can stop talking about that guy. And if, if, he's, if, he's, if he's your number one, I might just leave the call. Nah, don't worry, but, don't uh, worry. You're, you're safe, you're safe. My number one is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank to Leeds for two million. Again, this Jeez. is one I had to do research for because it was uh, before our time, but we all know how good of a striker uh, Hasselbank was. Um, and... I don't know how he he was playing for a club called Boa Vista, I oh, think Portuguese, isn't it? Yeah, and then he ended up signing for Leeds in, uh, for two million pounds. And one of the one of the Premier League um, greats, talking about in his second season, he was joined um, Premier League Golden Boot winner. Um, the guy was amazing. Um, one of the strikers. If you talk about old school Premier League, like he's one of the guys that comes to the name. So. Yeah, uh, Jim, to get a strike of his quality for two million, yeah, man, it's a bargain. Now you're you're throwing it back there. People people who don't know you probably might think you're like thirty five years old or something. Bringing it <laughs> Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, goodness. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, to cap off the um, top five uh, list of best bargains in football, I'm going with Raúl Raúl González from Atletico mm. Madrid to Real Madrid. On a free transfer. I mean, there, there's just so many things in wow. that. One, one is a free transfer. Second, it's going from you know City rivals Atletico to Real Madrid, and third, he became, you know, one of Real Madrid's greatest ever players. Their record goal scorer, obviously, until Ronaldo broke his record. But Ronaldo you know, took his number and his record. His number and yeah, his record. That's disgusting. No respect. <laughs> no respect. But yeah, he scored over 200 goals for Real Madrid. I think he's played. Yeah. Played for, for over 500 times for them, won league titles, mm-hmm. Copa del Reyes, won the Champions League, I think, twice or three times with them. Um, yeah, he was just one of the all-time great poachers in the game, just, you know, scoring goals. And do you remember when he went to Schalke? Mm-hmm. He was still banging in goals. He still was, he was hit goals. like 15, 16 a season in the Bundesliga uh, mm-hmm. in, in his mid-30s. Um, so yeah, Raul, that's that that had to be number one, just because there was just multiple facets to to that to that transfer that made it so great and that made it a great bargain. So Raul for number one for me. That's just a great pick. You're throwing me back to when football was good. That magic Raul yeah, yeah. Hugo <laughs> was good. Guti, oh, like, Guti is oh, so criminally underrated. But anyway, that, that we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, no, that's when football was good. Now 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 you got 
Liverpool that play this football that's apparently they're trying to fight for <laughs> fight for a league that's not even theirs. Man, man's trying to man's trying to trying to bring up my club for some reason. Yes, your I, club. I don't know bro. why, but it's good having like, a wait. back seat to this year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, nah. We've won more Premier Leagues in your ground than you have. Are you, why are you bringing all this up for us? Are you feeling insecure, Oscar? Well, well, I'm not feeling insecure. What's the matter with you? I'm not, I'm not feeling insecure. No. I'm, I'm just bringing up facts, isn't it? Chiku, do you see how I didn't say nothing about Liverpool or Arsenal? And this man <laughs> just brings straight, up. That was a, that was a straight break. Just, just, just trying to, just trying to take shots at me for some reason. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man nah. Oh, man, I'm joking. You, you know, I don't like your club. But, <laughs> you know... Um, yeah, man, it's it's a, it's a podcast with no structure. We go wherever we want to. Yeah, um, but we did get a couple of questions from Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. So the first one we got is, uh, you know, we want to name from uh, Maximus. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. De- De- Decimus Meridus. I don't know that's not his real name, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, Maximus. Cool. Yeah, just say Maximus. This oh, is Max- tight, Maximus. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he wanted us to name some African footballers that have inspired us. So Oscar, uh, you can go. You can go first with that. The first name that comes to mind, um, I kind of I don't like him because he scored against us in Champions League final, <laughs> but it's Sam Samueto. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> guy was absolutely sensational. Like I mean, <sighs> Eto, yeah. The guy was just he was built different. Like considering it, all that happened to him, like the, even the way he left Barcelona for Ibra and everything, and he still went into and Bangles and won a Champions League there and he won a Champions League at Barcelona the guy was just a goal machine um, beautiful player man complete it's, it's it, the only era I want to forget even even in Chelsea and Everton he wasn't even that bad he wasn't good but he wasn't awful in it but that was coming to the tail end of his career yeah. but I'm talking Barca into Milan Eto is sensational yeah Chikudi <clears throat> alright so <laughs> I'm going to keep on with the trend of people who score against Arsenal. I'm going to go <laughs> with Didier Drogba. Um, oh, man. Oh. Obviously, yeah, Chelsea fan. So, like, Drogba was, I even he was just a beast. Mm. Left foot, right foot. His touch was great. Um, he still had the quickness, strong as hell. He can hold off centre-backs like nothing. He swore outside the box. Good in the air. Like, he was such a great striker for Chelsea. I mean... Even though he started off a bit slow, mm. um, around that 2004-2005 less, he really started to find his peak as he got older. A clutch, man. Look at his final record. Yes, scores in almost every Cup man he played in. He was a problem. Um, yeah, Jogba was an absolute baller, I'm not going to lie to you. And he terrorised us. He, he loved no, it. He loved scoring his Arsenal. Even, I forgot... When he played for some other team in preseason, he still scored against us, I believe. Some American team. Was it team. Emirates Cup? Oh, um, was it Montreal, oh. Montreal Impact? Whoever it was, in it? Yeah. I, I, I thought it was Galatasaray outside. Oh, he played for them as well, yeah. I, I remember he scored against you like, in Emirates Cup. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> the guy just can't stop scoring against us. But yeah, now Jogba's... And it's again, it's another disrespectful, disrespected player on Twitter. Completely disrespected player. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Twitter is Twitter, man. We can't really take it too seriously. <laughs> but it's hard when you click on your timeline and all you see is disrespect. Um, but you know, Drogba was, was a baller. Yeah, and uh, like, um, Eto, Samuel Eto wasn't my specific pick, but I'd have to say something about this guy. Like, he's the only player to have mm-hmm. won the treble with two different clubs. As I said, he won it with Barcelona and he won it with Inter Milan. 
and like he was one of the mm. he was one of the one of the first African players to really succeed at a high level elite club. Because you think before mm. Eto, there was obviously you know great African players, but not ones who were at the top of top of world football. So you, he kind of yeah. he was he was a pioneer for that. And then after him, you saw the likes of uh, Didier Drogba and. Um, who else? Yaya Toure. Yaya Toure. Uh, you know, and then the ones we see today in Mane, Salah, Abameyang, Mares, mm. them So, you know, he, he did great there. But um, my actual pick was, was someone, someone I didn't obviously watch because it was just too long ago, but mm-hmm. seeing clips of him when I was a kid and things like that. And that's Roger Miller. Mm, well, you're throwing it back. I'm throwing it back further than you. Mm-hmm. Like Roger Miller, <laughs> like 38 years old, is when he really reached like stardom, international stardom, playing at the 1990 World Cup, scored mm-hmm. four goals. He took Cameroon to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. They were the first African nation to ever make it to a um, World Cup quarterfinal. And yeah. then in 1994, when he was 42, he scored in the in the World Cup, becoming the oldest player. I think still to this day, um, it's a record oldest player to ever um, score in a in a in the World Cup tournament. Mm. And you know just his. He he always played with a smile on his face. He's one of those players. He, yeah, he, always happy. Always happy. You saw how much he loved, he, how much he he enjoyed the game, and you know his impact on your know, celebrations. You know he did that celebration. He goes to the corner flag and does do that little shimmy kind of thing, and you know yeah. you can see the impact that you know Roger Miller had. It's just it's a great story. Like he was he came when he was thirty eight years old. Like that's the definition of a late bloomer. Thirty eight years old. So yeah, he had to be, he had to be that for me. That, that sure was a great pick. Had, obviously, sorry, I think, I'm sure he probably had an impact on Eto as well. Oh yeah, of course. Like, yeah. He must have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameroonian, Cameroonian have produced some great talent, man. Great talent. Yeah. Um, I say they, they're probably one of the premier African countries that produce talent. I say Cameroon, Nigeria, and Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast, yeah. The talent. Senegal's coming out. Right. Senegal's coming up oh, now yeah. with your your Mane's and your Koulibaly's. Um, mm. but yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. Nah. That that I didn't even expect that from you. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I didn't know you're gonna bring an, an Italian ninety legend. Yeah. <laughs> but it shows it shows how um how good how how much knowledge you have have in the game. Yeah and um, uh, yeah. So do you like, have any other other players you want to mention, or would you go to the next question? Mm. Um, oh, you, if you SCN. if you got some players, let me, oh, okay, let, me, yeah. let me get my question. SCN, okay. Mm. Chelsea fan again. This agenda's mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had the African players. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't you say did. Much else. He was again another baller. He was that midfield with. Well, we keep talking about like good midfields, but like him, Balak, Lampard. I mean, that was just elite. Sensational. I mean, yeah. He was just that blend of like speed, strength, power, ability. Just, I mean, yeah, he's again another guy who's. Um, just so high, highly regarded by Chelsea fans and stuff like that. So, gotta mention Essien. That's a that's a good mention. Uh, yeah, Essien, um, one of Mourinho's favorite players, and the guy was yeah, brilliant. Um, because the question was inspired, I can't really talk about the modern guys now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Salah doesn't inspire me at all. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, one. that one came out. No, I didn't expect that one. I should have, but. I didn't. but 
But uh, I know Lemuel's Lemuel's gonna hate this episode. Oh He's yes, gonna he be will. Fuming. <laughs> but um, nah, um, yeah, I tell you, you'd have to go old school. But um, nah, I don't have anyone else to mention for me. Yeah, same. Um, I- I'm surprised you didn't mention Emmanuel Bui though. I mean, your guy. Bui, jeez. What's that? Okay. What's that side? Uh, no, you, you know what it is. Yeah, it's cool. You can run agendas back because I've been on you the whole, the whole, the whole episode, didn't it? So it's cool. Manuel I'll take Bui. that one on the chin. Jeez. Yeah, um, so going on to our next epi- um, question, we got a question from Linda that says, um, do we think that there will be a change in how people approach sports betting after the coronavirus saga is over? And could this heal um, the gambling addicts? I feel like it's a great question because right now, obviously, sports isn't going on. So you have nothing, you have no sports to bet on if the sports mm-hmm. isn't going on. And... I hope my question, my answer to that is that I hope it does heal the gambling addicts because gambling can be a horrible thing. Like, um, especially in in lower income people, lower income households, that's yeah. when you look at gambling. And they've got these companies that are out to exploit. Like, yeah, you win, but you're gonna lose more time. Like, nine out of ten times you're gonna lose. Yeah. And uh, one that's a bit personal to me is if you look watch the. BBC Africa Eye documentary about sports betting in Uganda, which is obviously where I'm from, um, you will see the effect that sports betting has on people. So I hope it does. But then again, when people are addicted, they're probably dying for sports to come back, not even to watch sports. Like us three here in this call, we're all dying for sports to come back, but it's not mm-hmm. to bet on it. It's just yeah. to enjoy it. Yeah. But some people are dying for sports to come back because they they want to bet on it. So I hope it does. Yeah, like... uh Again, I hope I hope it it does, but then there's some sports that are still going on. Like there's still a bit of horse racing, there's still football in Ukraine and mm. Russia, you know, there is UFC coming back. So the like if you're a gambling addict, you're going to bet. It doesn't matter it, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what sport you're gonna bet on. If there's a sport you can bet on, you're gonna bet on it. For the casual users who really just, you know, uh, bet on you know football like the top five European leagues. Mm. Then yeah, you know it's a bit of a break. Maybe they can you know get their head like head right you know during this time. But for those you know hardcore addicts, I mean it's just like any other addiction like drinking or uh, drugs. I mean you, you're going to continue to do it if you have access to it, and yeah. you know there is access to it still. So like sadly, I don't think it's going to help them. Because again, like what sports going to come back pretty soon? Really, it's what um, a it's month, true. two months. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna come back. So it's true. It's goody. Um, it's same for you too. I can't. I hope it does die down. But again, with like with the virus and everything that's going on, not a lot of people. Some people aren't. There's not a lot of people that are getting paid to stay at home. Some people mm. aren't always getting money. So. They may be saying it's kind of what what Seek was saying. It was you could find some random game, some random football game, some random um, uh, horse racing or stuff like that, and you just bet on it. It's because you don't have any real income coming in um, from your normal job that you're not getting paid for because of the whole virus. So um, it is an addiction. Whether um, governments stuff like that does uh, more measures to kind of stop betting at this time stuff like I don't, I'm not sure what could be done but hopefully for a lot of people it does die down for them yeah hopefully um, yeah it's a great question though Linda man keep it up um, yeah. and going on to our last question 
from uh, Ruben. He asked, can we explain the offside rule to his missus? So I, I don't know who wants to go for that one. I mean, you can take that one. I'm, I'm not very good at explaining. I'm not going to lie to That's you. That's true. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'm going to waffle. I can't, I can't it's, it's one of those things, yeah, when you watch football, you just understand it. Just yeah, by watching, yeah. But to actually put it into words is difficult. But um, I'll tell you uh, how I'd put it is, when a forward pass is played in the opposition's half, there has to be two defenders between um, the forward and the goal Yeah. at the time the ball is played. So it, two defenders, including the goalkeeper. Yeah. So if the goalkeeper's up the pitch and there's only one defender and you pay you pay the ball in behind the, in behind the defender and the opposition striker's in behind the defender, that'll be offside. So there has to be at least two defenders between um, the forward at the four uh, do at least okay one okay two defenders level or behind the forward yeah <laughs> at the time the pass is played jesus that's difficult no you did bro you did, you did, you did so well. yeah um that's basically the offside rule um uh you can find it on youtube uh, again <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I know i know <laughs> i know i know i know who, who his missus is um so big up her but um yeah nah. I think you, your your best bet is probably finding it on YouTube where you can get video evidence. I, I can't give you that. But hopefully you understand somewhat what it's about. Yeah, so um, that really, you know, wraps things up for episode 10. And uh, we just want to thank Chikudi, uh for your joining yes. us ever, making it a great, you know, podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you, guys. And, you know, this is a special one episode for, for me and Oscar in it. Yeah, episode 10. Yeah, 10 episodes in. Uh, so, Chikudi, where, where can the guys find you? Yeah, so... Um... Me and another guest, Joe Cassidy, we run a podcast called Hoop Dreams Podcast, uh, specifically on on NBA and basketball. So uh, soon we'll be putting out content because we haven't done it in about two months. So um, mm-hmm. find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We'll be around. So uh, yep. also follow us on Twitter, Hoop Dreams Pod, and Instagram, Hoop Dreams Pod. Lovely, lovely. And also follow their personal accounts as well. And yep. yeah, yes. find them anywhere. The podcast is great. Wherever you find Hoots and Hatchets, you'll find Hoop Dreams right there. Um, yeah, so Fasika, do you want to close it out? Yeah, so again, thanks guys for listening to episode 10, a special one for me and Oscar. And obviously, again, thanks for Chikudi for joining us. So uh, we will be back, obviously, next week. We do have uh, UFC, actually. We have UFC events coming up the first one may 9th should, should we get should we get Chikudi to talk about it a little bit you know what Chikudi's a UFC guy I think we might <laughs> hey if that gets cancelled bit... uh, <laughs> that card is elite it is elite it is really elite but ah oh, man are you hopeful that it's gonna happen no not really <laughs> yeah I, I agree what about you Fatika you think it's gonna happen no I, I think so because I'm pretty sure Dana White would have you know got the permission from you know ESP and Disney, the ones who said he can't do it, you know, last month. I'm pretty sure he got their permission this time around to do it. And since they're doing it in Florida, who've actually, you know, eased the lockdown, um, yeah. I think it's good. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Not obviously, we're not 100 percent sure, but um, I'm definitely more confident this time around than I was April 19th. I'm just, I'm just pessimistic yeah. about everything. I, I, I'm, uh, not, I don't I'm not expecting me, anything. So when it happens, I'll just ha- be surprised. How long have we been waiting for Ferguson, Khabib, please? How long? Four years. That's not happening. That's not happening in We have to I'm, let that I'm one go. To, I've come to terms with it. That ain't happening. <laughs> All right, quick fire, guys, yeah? Quick. Chikudi go first. Fazika go second. Ferguson, Geishi, who you got? Ferguson. Ferguson. Cejudo, Cruz. 
Suhudo. Suhudo. Linganu, uh, Rosenstrike. Linganu. Linganu. I agree with all of your picks. Yeah, all right. yeah. <laughs> See you lot later. Yeah, thanks guys. Sweet tooth.